Anyway, um, hey, uh, can you find on the bot, you know, where the picture is of um, the, the, the three of us? It's down towards the end, and then we'll scoot back up to this one. <laughs> so anyway, um, I can't hear you. Uh, okay. Can you scroll down? There's a picture of me, Dick, and Alvin at the airport. And uh, I've always funny that I get. Uh, what I really want to emphasize is that it was a real blessing to be a part of this. And uh, more than a blessing, it was a privilege. And what, one of the many things that we found is that there's a lot of questions in life. Where's the next slide? And some of them you'll just never find the answer. Next slide. Uh, next slide. And that's one. Where's Alvin? <laughs> we had the hardest time keeping track of this guy. We were, uh, our first day uh, in San Diego, we, were, we went down to the, the beach and we were looking at the seals. And you stand up on a cliff and down below is the beach where all the seals are. And I'm thinking, look, there's some guy over there with a camera trying to get a picture of all the seals, and it was this guy. <laughs> okay, anyway, you can scroll back up to the top and we'll go down, but um, we were there, and so we go down and we go uh, try and hook up with Alvin and get involved with all the things, and uh, uh, Jeff and I turn around and can't find Alvin. So we head up, where's Alvin? We head up the stairs, and we go left and right, and I finally found Alvin, and by the time I got text, finished texting Jeff, I turned around, and he's gone again. <laughs> but... Um, I have to use the bathroom. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one of the coolest things, Jeff, you guys, uh, here, uh, jump in too, but, uh, you know, We've built a lot of friendships, and the difference between last year and this year is we did a lot more outreach. And um, yeah, you can just kind of slowly, and this is the, the, the place where we stayed. Uh, it, uh, and this is the, on the way to where we were building houses. Um, you can tell it's a very desolate area. Can you pause it there? And if you just look out over the, the, the neighborhood, it's, uh, it's, your, it's your typical fixer-upper. But the other thing that you realize is that um, they know the meaning of contentment and um, that little, that, uh, I don't think that's our build, but um, that is our build. Yeah, um, there's a little shack in the corner. Um, um, no, that's not ours. But they were living in a 12 foot by 16 foot shack with cardboard and plastic on the roofs and it, was, it had no floor, it was a dirt floor. And uh, uh, one of the things you learn is that, you, you know, they still um, have a lot of things that they're grateful for. And uh, um, Jeff, I'm gonna let you share a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, thank you. He's gotta tell. Uh, Testing, nope, yeah. this one works, yeah. Yeah, yeah thank you. I'll, you could tell by looking at the video, we had a good time. We had a lot of fun, and uh, we did a lot of good, good works, too. And as uh, Mike mentioned, we had chances to attend a couple of their services. We had chances, if you spoke Spanish, to speak deeply with many of the Mexican people. 
and uh, we really, uh, really interacted a lot with the folks there, and it was such a joy to serve that way and to uh, be together. The group was really impressive. I thought we had 90 people that were there. Uh, 30 folks were from Hawaii. The, the four of us were with Hilo Missionary Church, and the, the other 26 or whatever were from mostly from the Kauai Missionary Churches. Uh, we had the youth pastors from those two churches were there, kind of helping to lead our group. And uh, together, the 90 of us, we built uh, six houses. Uh, for the Mexican people, and uh, it was uh, a real accomplishment. We did that in just four days' time, and uh, most of us did a lot of help with the actual building. Some of the ladies who weren't as handy with a hammer or a saw got with the kids and entertained the kids. Of course, the Mexican kids, the families were with us all the time. Just, just around, sometimes kind of being in the way a little bit, but it was just fun having them there. and. Uh, we weren't so busy that they were really in our way, so. But the, uh, the love for the Lord of uh, that group that we were, uh, in the, us 90, was really evident to, uh, to me. And I was uh, just so, so uh, overjoyed to see that and the chances that they had to pray with the Mexican people, for the Mexican people, to pray together to work with the YWAM group there that housed us and gave us a place to, to sleep. Um, they provided the transportation for us. We had six vans, 15 passenger vans that the 90 of us went down and it was really a neat group. The Mexican people have so little as you could tell from the slides. Um, we have so much here, it's just a, a, was a real contrast to see that, but it was a, again a real joy to be able to provide a little bit for them to kind of make up for the the cardboard shacks and the scrap plywood places that they lived in was was really a contrast with with what we have here and with what we left for them uh, in the form of those six houses and this was just part of the effort over the years uh, Brad our leader from Kauai I think had been there 20 some had built 20 some houses and had been there 19 different times on trips to build houses. The YWAM and you know other churches have helped too over the years and so there have probably been hundreds of houses that were built for the, the people there in uh, Vicente Guerrero. Uh, the people that we worked with, our family, uh, was the uh, Venegas Lopez family and they just spoke uh, Spanish. Uh, we could communicate them with them a little bit, you know, with hand signals and so on. Uh, but uh, we really felt loved and appreciated by them, and uh, we could really tell that they loved and appreciated us in return. I wish I could have spoken Spanish. You know, there were some Spanish speakers with our group, and so they were very helpful with the translation. Uh, about the only Spanish that I knew is Bibliogratus, which was free Bibles, because the, uh, the four of us brought about 125 Bibles down to give away to the people. And the Bibles were New Testament Bibles in Spanish, and so uh, people, of course, could read those. And then in the, the back of that Bible, it's a Gideon Bible, 
the back of that Bible has the way to salvation. So while we couldn't really speak with them, at least we could show them, you know, the way to salvation through the, uh, the Bibles that we were giving out. And the people appreciated them so much. It's quite a difference here when you're giving Bibles out, say, at the community college or uh, the students or uh, hotels or whatnot. You know, people are interested. Some people are glad to take them, and a lot of people just kind of walk the other way. But uh, down there, the Mexican people really wanted those Bibles, and you could really tell how much they appreciated it. And so that was kind of a fun part of, uh, of giving the, the Bibles out to them. Uh, just want to thank you folks, too. I know you took a love offering the week, uh, the Sunday that we were gone, or one of the Sundays we were gone. That was so appreciated by us to some degree, but especially by the Mexican people. Our family, we were able to use that funds and some other funds that we had to purchase extra lumber, to build uh, furniture for the folks there, and to buy groceries for them, and household items, you know, kitchen supplies, and, and so on. So the ladies in our group went shopping with uh, the lady and uh, our family, and. She got to the, the lady in our family, kind of was able to pick things out uh, that, that she wanted and for her family. So anyway, thank you for that. Uh, you, there's probably going to be a chance next year to go on this. this we went on a year ago, go too. I wasn't able to be on that trip, but this, this trip there was four of us. And uh, take that opportunity next year if you get a chance and uh, go down there. It's really really a joy to serve that way. Well, as um, Dick had mentioned, one thing that really stood out in my mind, this was my first missions trip, and that was one of the goals that I had placed on myself in the, uh, that, you know, within the next year I try to um, make an effort to go on a missions trip. and. It wasn't only my first missions trip, it was the first time I've actually been out of the country. Um, so it was the first time I got my passport and, and made an effort to go somewhere. Um, this, this particular trip, uh, I think, I'm not sure about others, but this one was well uh, organized. So if you are considering missions, I would highly recommend this one. Uh, there's a, a camp that you stay at. They take care of you. You're able to leave from the camp and go out to the different jobs and come back each evening. Um, there were people knew who you were in the community. You you really stood out because they knew that you were there for God and you were there to help them. And it was amazing how many people knew about us, just seeing the vans go by and people waving and everything. Um, one of the things that just, I think the shock that all of us felt is that when you go to an area like this and experience the culture and um, the lack, that's the best I can describe it, they, they don't have what we have here. I mean, you, you see the area we were in, and that's, that's this area. I mean, this area was desolate, and wherever somebody lived was just a shack. And 
if they were lucky, they had like a little dust cloth that would protect the dust from all the wind uh, that would carry the dust. Um, so it really, you know, I think for me, it, it, it was more, it, it was more a blessing for me than I think that it could ever be for them. Even though they feel like this was really changing their lives, I think it really changed us in the sense that uh, w without knowing uh, something to compare your life with, you, you really miss a lot. And so we, we were able to get this comparison of what other people in this world actually live like and, and how we live here. I mean, we live like kings and queens. There's no question about it. And no matter what situation, even the homeless here actually have it pretty good in comparison to a lot of the people that are living there. Um, so again, that was one thing that really uh, pressed upon me. This is Juan right here. Juan, right? And he was at our job site every day. And wherever we showed up in town or wherever, Juan would show up. And he just had a heart of gold. And he really wanted to um, be a part of what we were doing. And I can see that God was moving in his life. There was two brothers, Yanni and Julian. Um, they were with us. Uh, they stayed at the camp, but they lived there. And they were... 90% of our interpretation. They would help us to be able to communicate with the people. Um, shameless plug here. I, I also got to use my Apple iPhone. I translate app. <laughs> and it worked very well. <laughs> so it was kind of neat. All the kids loved it because I would talk to them with the app. Um, but it actually worked. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, I think, as Dick mentioned, with, with that lack of um, communication, it really does have a wall. But once you can get past that, wow, it's pretty neat to be able to communicate with them. Um, the people we were with were awesome. Um, and it wasn't just Kalaheo. There was a group from uh, Oregon. I think they were about half the gang that were there. Um, so it was neat seeing, I would say, probably most of them were children. Uh, there was a few adults, and they kind of were the leaders in the group, high school. And um, the other thing is we would run into different groups there. One of them was uh, a guy named uh, Luis, Luis Hernandez. And Luis, you'll see him pop up on the... He has an orange shirt, and he was an interpreter for us as well. But he started a ministry down there called Every Kid's Hope, where he takes in kids and helps them through school and gives them um, clothing and, and gives them the love of God. And we saw a lot of him in his ministry. Um, he was there this day. In fact, I bet you we just passed his picture. But just a really special ministry that he has down there. Um, but again, I just highly recommend that if you are considering a missions trip in the future, this one is a really good uh, experience to go on. Here you go.
Where's Alvin? So anyway, Alvin was a real blessing. Uh, he was able to spend a lot of time with the, the local kids and provide that uh, that connection and you know just a just a that one-on-one -on -one touch and just really kind of pulled everything together, rounding up the kids. Uh, one of the things, uh, if you'll scroll through a little bit, uh, Steve. Um, one of the things I want to uh, kind of show everybody is that if you're interested, backward missions. There's all kinds and all ages that went. Um, go backwards to that video and uh, the picture right before the video. The, the, okay, so this is um, an impromptu gathering that we had the second day we were there. And uh, you can see most of the people in the community showed up. And I'll tell you what, try and go have a little celebration in Hilo and try and hand out 150 Bibles and see if you can. Um, before we knew it, they were gone, and everybody wanted one. Um, go to the and one thing you can see that they may lack material things, but these people are rich. Uh, go to the next uh, the, the video. Yeah. So these guys can get into it too. They really love the Lord. They have a little church there that they started a few years ago and they packed it in there when we went on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday night. Um, and one of the things I also learned, I'm learning a little bit about the process. So next year, I'm hoping that we'll have a few more people show up and, and go over with us. Uh, what Kalahale does is the average house that we build um, comes as a kit you get three windows and a door, and the door is provided by the homeowner. And what we do is we put about $1,000 per house, and that brings the number of windows up to eight windows. We put one of those whirly birds on the top, and then we go in and we provide um, beds, um, you know, in the fr bed frames, shelves, a kitchen table, and some benches, and some sh um, counter space that otherwise they wouldn't have. And so when we, if we do this again next year, I'd like to try and raise some money to be able to um, continue that blessing that over the years, Brad's learned that, you know, it's great to be able to go and build them a house, but if you can give them a little extra um, for just a little bit more, it's a real blessing. And you can see the cross section of people there. Um, you know, we needed everybody there and everybody plays a role and everybody's important. And uh, if you can go to the last slide, um, the last thing I learned is that, you know, God uses you in, in many ways, but um, this is Bill. He's been down there. He's been the, the, the heart of the operation for many years. And I asked him, if there's anything you need, what would it be? And he didn't really stop to think, and he looked up and he says, prayer. This ministry runs off of prayer. And that's all he really said. He didn't need anything else. And, and I have to agree that without prayer, none of this would really happen. I mean, the way things came together and the way God provided all the little pieces that we need. He said this, he does this three months out of the year every week. They bring in 50 to 90 people. And he, these guys are running around like chickens without a head all week long getting, you know, you need three more two by fours and a sheet of plywood just 
bouncing off everybody, you know, through, through all the different teams building houses. And, um, you know, these guys are the un unsung heroes. These guys are the ones that really pull it off. So I want to say thank you to everybody who supported us, and maybe next year we can uh, do it again. power you want to turn me down a bit I got a voice so the youth trip we went to Molokai and it was actually pretty awesome um, I'll tell you how it all began I was in the office one day Daniel had his friend Jonah in the office with him he's like Steve come on over I'd like you to meet Jonah I said yeah sure let's meet Jonah so I met I was talking with him I was like man this guy's really cool he's really nice to talk to he loves the Lord he's very powerful like you can just sense like, he loves God, and it's part of everything he does. And he tells us, he says, well, if you guys ever want to come to Molokai, you should come. I got the place. You can stay there, and we'll take care of everything. I was like, well, that sounds cool. I've never been to Molokai. Let's go. So I contacted him probably a couple months later, and I said, you know, I'm pretty interested in going. Is it all right? And he said, yep, yeah, pick a weekend. Let's go. So I, uh, I kind of put a little bit of faith into Jonah. I said... I've never been to Molokai, I don't know what's going on there, but you do, and he takes these youth groups, we're not the only ones, he does a lot of pastor retreats from all over the world, in fact, the week before we got there, he had a youth group of 40, that he uh, had them volunteering and serving in Molokai, literally, I think they left either the day before or the morning we got there, and he had a group of 40 that he helped, and then he had us, so he was really busy, you'll get a chance to see some of his photos, but that's how it all began, so we took off, first photo, we're at the uh, Hilo Airport. I have way less. There we are. We're all lined up, just getting ready for our tickets. Going on, we have Jonah's house. Here's the view from the back of his uh, lanai. He had this big lanai. You can see the ocean and the palm trees in the background. Sorry, photos are never as good as the real life. But it was beautiful, that, uh, and it was warm, too. It was kind of like Kona climate, so we had a chance to sit out on the deck, and a lot of people actually slept out there. Then... So first night we come in, and then the next day he's like, we're going to go see this guy. He's awesome. His name's Leimana, and he was right. He was awesome. Um, this guy, go to the next one. Uh, he, this is, that's Leimana right there. He wears a malo 100% of the time. Uh, and if you don't know what a malo is, it's uh, essentially just a cord or a underwear. That's... <laughs> what it is it's just underwear and then he kind of puts like uh, a little cloth cover in front of it a little bit but uh, yeah so he lives out way uh, way south or southeast I guess um, and he lives out there and he lives no power he takes care of a fish pond and this is his life he, him and he helps a lot of the people in the area he fishes for his own food he has no electricity he uh, eats what he catches, and he takes care of a fish pond. So if you go to the next one. Uh, oh, sorry. That one, when we got there. There's Jonah on the left, bald head, uh, gray and white beard. That's Jonah. That was our host. But he's showing the kids this huge octopus he had caught that morning, knowing that we were coming. So we were going there, and this is why we were going. Go to the next slide. 
This is a fish pond, not his fish pond, but it was one I could get a good picture of from above the road. And he owned a fish pond, and what it was was all around this big wall of rock. It was just big stones made into a wall, and we were talking with him, and we said, well, what about the fish ponds? What was the deal with that? And he said, well, Molokai used to have like two and a half million people living on Molokai at one time. And, and he said what they did is, they, one of the things they had was fish ponds. And so what fish ponds would allow is that you would always have a fresh fish available to you. It's like having a refrigerator, but your fish is living and staying in the ocean. And so he lived in his mallow and he took care of his fish pond and that's what he did and he would and people could come and visit and learn about his way of life and what we were doing was we were going to help him build his fish pond because a tsunami a few years ago or a big storm i think he said it was a tsunami ended up washing away part of his wall so go to the next slide this is Leymana's. His was way bigger than that picture I just showed you. And you can see it goes all the way over there, and comes back, and then it goes all the way over there. And on the left side, you can kind of see in the center of that picture where the wall disappears. That's where a lot of it got washed away and broken down. And then you can see it start back over there. And so what we did is we hauled rocks. We, did it. we were going to help Leymana repair some of his fish wall. And so if you see at the bottom of this picture, rocks and he's like so we first started off he was real nice and easy he's like yeah just toss some rocks after about an hour or so he's like okay now come with me we're gonna cross over the bay so he swam across it was probably maybe only up to maybe five feet and he's like i want you to take a rock that takes two people to move and we're gonna take it across the bay and put it in the fish wall so the first rock I'd like, I was like, tried to move, and I was like, well, that's a definitely a two-person one. And, and so everyone and ended up with two, teams of two. We were able to push one rock, and we rolled it along the bottom of the bay all the way from one side to the other. And it took us probably, I'd say maybe an hour and a half or two hours to do, we did two trips. We did uh, a couple rocks each. Um, just one second, you could share after. Um, and so it was uh, pretty, pretty wild, but it was also awesome that we got to help him restore. And the part was that we were able to put in big rocks, the ones that won't get washed away the next time. And so we were able to help him build his wall. And then the next th slide, he also showed us things like how to throw net. Alvin and Quincy there, they were throwing net onto the coconuts, and then they let them take the nets out and actually go along the fish wall and practice throwing it. Then we had, a, a, this is going to be a video, but you'll get to see we were husking coconuts and shaving it. Look at this. I'm I have no idea. That's Davin. Davin had uh, split open and shaved his coconut, and he was uh, shaving out the little coconut flakes. Thrashing the octopus. And then Anella is thrashing the octopus, quote-unquote. And what it was was this huge octopus, and you put a little bit of salt in there, and you just did this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And the kids literally just rotated one person to the next, beating up an octopus to tenderize it for food. Um, it was a lot of work. And so you got to see that was probably several hours into just lifting up and putting down an octopus. Then after a full day at Le Mana's building the wall, uh, there he is in his mallow. There's Jonah. They, uh, we said goodbye. We said thank you. But it didn't end there. So uh, Le Mana ended up talking with Jonah. And he said, you know, we... Uh, Tomorrow, if you'd like to come back, we will take you up to Halava Falls and we will personally tour you there. And 
I didn't know much about Halava Falls, so I asked Jonah, I said, uh, what's that all about? And he said, well, it's technically a sacred falls, way back, kind of like, you know, uh, YPO Valley. It's this big valley, kind of not private land a lot down there, and the falls in the back corner. And he says, well, let's, uh, let's go there tomorrow and I'll tour you and I can take you across the lands. I know the people and Jonah said this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. He had never even gone himself. And so we're like, all right, Leymana, you lead the way. We came, we'll come back the next day. So we drive home in the van, which is the next slide. This is 15 people in the van. <laughs> Not one person, it, all of a sudden I, it was Carly and I were sitting there and Carly's actually in the next row up. And I said, uh, it just got really quiet and I said, take a picture of that. That's 15 people in the van. Um, we were really tired after that day. Then the next day, we pick up uh, Leymana, and we head out to the falls. And so this is a view looking over from the top of the hill before we drive down to the bottom. But you can see the river there on that side and the falls in the back corner. Um, we went uh, all the way to the back falls, and we drive down, and you park right near the mouth of that river, and we ended up hiking all the way to the falls you can see on the left. And here's some photos of the hike. You can just slide through these. We got hiking, next one. Um, more hiking, keep going. More hiking. And that was, uh, Akik uh, how do I say his name? Uh, Leymana's uh, nephew. Akiko? Um, sorry, I can't, I, I don't remember his name. A Alika? Alika, that was it. Uh, he, he also was in Malo. And uh, one thing I'll tell you you can learn from this is if you're going on a hike, Pick your position in line for where you're hiking and who's in front of who because some people wear mallows and hike up mountains right in front of you. And, and you can't unsee that. So continuing, um, we finally got back to the falls and there we are. It was a beautiful, huge falls. And we were told before we went, we, uh, Jonah was telling us about... Uh, about being respectful of the land and telling us to be respectful because we had to walk across private property and that the falls actually fed a lot of the people's tarot patches and properties below it. So not to swim. Yeah. What's that? And their water. Yeah. So this is their water. This is their fresh water that comes in. So he said, when we hike back there, we're not going to swim. We're going to respect because you wouldn't want someone swimming in your water. And I was like, that's fair, but I also had to hike behind you all the way and I'm really sweaty and I was I was a little I'll be honest with you I was a little like oh come on can't we swim when we get there but here's the awesome part so we get there go to the next photo and you can see the guy there talking with Jonah there on the left he happened to be at the falls when we got there and he's the only person that's allowed to give tours to the falls and he ended up talking with Jonah and Jonah was like yeah we're not gonna swim or whatever and he's like no 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 everyone go ahead it's fine. I say it's fine. Go, go for a swim. So we were blessed to be able to go for a swim after the long hike. And while we were hiking, what was really neat is uh, Leymana would talk, stop and talk. He would tell us about the different trees, the ancient Hawaiians, how they did their taro and the patches and different things, and the mango trees. And there was like uh, the tree that they would bury their uh, people that fell in battle, how they would put them in the root system. And it was really neat to hear all the different stories as we went. And then we got to swim in the falls. Next photo. Um, next photo is us swimming. And then we did the hike back, which is the next, next photo. Uh, there it is, going back down the river. Keep going. Next one, 
hiking back. There's uh, Lehman, the next one. And then we got back, we took a swim in the ocean. Also, once again, extremely exhausted from that day. And so the next day was Sunday. Sunday morning, next slide, is Jonah, or one more, sorry. Uh, is Jonah hanging out with us on his lanai and with his Dwayne the Rock Johnson photo. And uh, it was really cool. He said, I want to share with you guys and I want to give the message Sunday morning. So we had a home church at his place on the lanai. And he got a chance to share with us about what are the two names of uh, the rock? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. His name, he has, goes by two names, Dwayne Johnson, which is his real name, and The Rock, which is his wrestling name. And he, said, and he was talking about how we as people uh, oftentimes live two lives or live by two names. We live by the name that we want people to see us as. We live by the persona, the hype man that we want people to see us, the rock or the movie star. But we really, who we really are is our own name, the name God gave us. And so if you go to the next slide, take a look at this. Jonah had printed out uh, his resume in life. Not like to apply for a job, but for his resume for life. So he put on here, what is his reason to be alive? And he said, to be love, to love, and to be like him. And he put all his, my Jesus superpowers. You can see there, love, salvation, wholeness, humility, completeness, truth, adoption, gifts, wisdom, Holy Spirit filled, kindness, goodness. And he listed all these things that were uh, essentially his Christian identity, who he is in Christ. And he was sharing with the kids that that's your real identity. And so I thought, I took a picture of this because I thought that was really, really awesome to actually take the time and, and sit down and, and think to yourself, what is my resume before God? What, what, what is my purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? Have you stopped to think about that? If you were to write it all out, what would it look like? And spend some time in his word and realize, hey, what does God enable me to do? What are the things he empowers me to do? What are my strengths and my uh, gifts that he's given me in my personality? So I wanted to encourage you, if you don't have one like that, you should probably make a resume like that. And then whenever you apply for a job, staple that onto the back so they know who they're really dealing with. Um, yeah, so he got to share about that. Um, and then that afternoon, we went to, there's, it's kind of dark, you can't see it, but there's a dock right up there and then you swim out to the dock off the pier and you could jump off the platform so we had kind of a slow afternoon and we came back in time for ohana church or church in the park and this is where they kind of did a, a homeless ministry every sunday they would make a hot meal meet at the park at the picnic tables and the homeless or anyone that wanted to eat in the neighborhood could come on down they would eat a meal together and you can go to the next one and they would just share the word afterwards well, people were hanging out. They, they had a few rules. It was like, you can share whatever you want as long as it's uplifting, as long as it's about God, and as long as it's not an attack or hurt against anyone else. We keep it positive. And so the homeless people would share about their problems and some of the things. And one of the neat things I thought was, that, that kind of impressed upon me was I heard one of them saying something along the lines of, oh, I was going through this, but I didn't want to bother God by uh, praying about this or like interrupt God with this small issue. And I just thought to myself, and I shared this, and I thought it was really neat, so I'll share it with you, but we're, we have a God that created the entire universe with his breath, the law of gravity. How many of you can explain the law of gravity perfectly? 
Who knows it all the way through? He did, and he created it in a second with his voice. He created the laws of nature. And so if you are going through a divorce or you stub your toe, they're all little things to him. There's nothing that when you, when you share with God that all of a sudden it's like, well, this is worthy of his time. Really, everything that you share with God is really a little thing. But that's why he says share with me. Everything you should be sharing with him. It doesn't matter the size that you see it. It's all small to him. But that just goes to show how important you are to him that he cares about those little things, whether it's your stub toe, whether it's a... a, a a stomach ache, or whether you're emotionally going through it at work because you're having a tough time, or your coworker's picking on you, or uh, the the baby won't sleep. That's mine. He likes to wake up at five. Um, and then after Ohana Church in the Park, we had a, uh, a quick game of kickball. They played it in the park there. And then here's us the next morning on our way back from the airport, all saying goodbye with Jonah. Kind of. Uh, Kind of pretty much exhausted at that point. I don't think anyone had any energy left. But it was wonderful. So we had a chance to serve with Leymana, help him with his fish wall. We got to uh, be educated about taking care of the land, Malama, to take care. Um, and then we uh, had a fun day, and then we served with the homeless. It was really awesome. And so I just want to thank you guys. And I had, real quick, I think uh, Anella. She gives me the little head nod. She was going to share something, and Bill wanted to share something real quick, just about what it was like for, uh, for them on this trip. So, Bill, if you wanted to share real quick something that was cool. Oh, the adults that went with us, the ones that were supposed to be mature, I quote, unquote, supposed to be mature, was Bill, myself, Steve, and uh, Malia. And so we were all the ones in charge. But this is Bill. Bill went with us. So, uh, Lehmana, I don't know if we have a picture we can pull up of Lehmana. I don't know. But that guy, wow, that guy just is too much. He doesn't say wow, he says wow. <laughs> Catches you off guard. But uh, the way that he would sit and share with us as individuals, he would spend individual time with every single person, making them feel so important that he was dedicated to you know, living his life with that person. He, it, it was just amazing the way he... In, when you were in his presence, you were in his presence, and his focus was 100% on you. So I could see him just being like a men's retreat <laughs> for, for a week over there. Moving rocks would be just uh, absolutely unbelievable. And everything that he related to was through scripture and through prayer and just how he wanted to live his life in unison with Christ. It was a phenomenal guy. Uh, another thing is we barely ate anything, and Malia, holy cow. Thank you for cooking for us every single night. It was a fantastic. Um, I'm sure they're still eating leftovers from while we were there. But uh, it, it was fantastic. The other thing, as Steve mentioned earlier, you know, on the hike, being behind somebody with a mallow, uh, moving rocks with somebody in a mallow across the pond as he went down <laughs> was the other fun learning experience. did. Steve, Steve manned up. He did a great job. <laughs> Everybody's arms were thrashed the next three days. But uh, it was great. There was no arguing between the kids the whole time we were there. 
Uh, so we appreciate you guys covering us in prayer for that trip because it was it was fantastic to have that many young kids, not just kids, but young kids there, and and to be able to get along and everybody contributed. They all did their part. Um, it was fantastic, and I just wanted to say thank you for for allowing us to go. And Davin, do you want to come up here and just talk? Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, so just wanted to share a little bit about our trip. Um, we did a lot of work with people we didn't really know, and it was kind of cool because um, it showed me that even if we don't know everyone, we can still extend ourselves to them. And even if we, like, never been to some place, we still appreciated it. And um, Uncle Jonah guys and Uncle Leymana, they really you know, showed us that there really is no limit to how far you can go to show um, how much love you have for the people around you. And um, it was just a really good experience to be with people like that and to be, or to see the Hawaiian culture in a different perspective. Like here, we don't have what they have. Like they they don't even have like normal stores like KTA or Sack and Save. They don't have any fast food restaurants. So it was really interesting. And um, it showed our families that what they have, they have much more than us compared to what we have. What they have is something that our island doesn't really have, and that's being able to sustain themselves and appreciate everything around them. Like here, a lot of people, they think that they have it really hard. And if they were to go there like how we did, we could agree that we have it pretty easy here. But it was, it was a really good experience to have those kind of people around us for the little time that we had, even if we came home early which was my fault, sorry. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that was a youth trip, and that all happened, and thanks to you guys. You guys were the ones that supported us with the snack shacks and everything to be able to afford to go. And I had a scripture that, as Bill was sharing, I just thought would sum up uh, Leymana's life. Because uh, when God was giving, revealing himself to the nation of Israel, he said, this is how you're going to teach about me to each other. And this was exactly how Lehmanner did it. And he said, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I just thought, like, everything that Leymana did when he took us around, it always had a scripture verse. It always had a reference. And when he talked with you, he'd be like, oh, tell me your story of how you know God. And I, he's, like, I was like, oh, I'm, I just met you. Okay, let's, let's talk about that. But that was, that's how it's supposed to be. You know, a lot of us get caught up that a church service is where you come to experience and learn about God. But how God actually originally intended it was that it was in your family discussions as you walk to work, as you walk home. When you get home, you should have it on the walls. It should be on your doorposts. It should be on the... You should look at the whole world. It says between your eyes, you keep the scripture. And that you look at the whole world through the, uh, the world view of how God designed it. And your hands should be doing his work. And I, it was really awesome to see Leymana uh, 
exemplify that with his life and in his model. So let's, uh, let's just pray.